Oh boy, Babysitter's Club. <laughs> Do we have a show for you today? I just said, Welp, <laughs> we're here to discuss what might be the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I don't think it's the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's it's a significant downgrade from what I thought when I was a teenager. I'm shocked, actually, because I think I suggested it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> whoever, whoever, is, whoever is culpable for this, it's lost to time. Uh, well, I'm Aaron. I'm Tom. And this is Baby's First Watch List, the podcast where I now feel like Icarus, who has flown way too close to the Adam Sandler son. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought I was avoiding it. I never saw Jack and Jill. I never saw That's My Boy. Nope. Turns out. So there's a there's an Adam Sandler podcast or something or or, oh, bo- or blog or something. That's great. That said that of his worst movies, yeah. this one's the best one. The best of the worst. Best of the worst. Yeah. It's like the Adam Sandler castle or the Adam Sandler like dumpster or something like that. And this okay, one's this in the, the dumpster. Best of the worst. But it's the top one in the in the dumpster. That's interesting. Because this is a horrible movie. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Today we're talking about the 2002 animated film Eight Crazy Nights. Wikipedia. Woo! Yeah. Oh, woo! Whitey. <laughs> right. What's Whitey's last name? Duval. <laughs> I was going to say Bulger. Imagine if Whitey Bulger was in this. It's a black mass crossover. <laughs> um, Wikipedia calls Eight Crazy Nights an adult animated musical comedy drama, which is somehow exactly correct. correct 100% also correct. Also making the movie seem much more complex than it 100% actually is. correct. But it's not wrong. All of those words are accurate. It is absolutely an adult animated musical comedy drama. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Seth Kearsley, who does not have a Wikipedia page, but does have an IMDb page. He did the Kingdom Hearts TV movie in 2003. I play, have played the Kingdom Hearts games. I had no idea that there was a TV movie. Yeah, Seth Kearsley. Um, he also if it was as good as this. He's also a part of like the art department in a lot of movies. He's known for The Secret Life of Pets. And was he involved like with Iron Giant at all? I don't think we'll get so. we'll probably get to that. It, this I was a lot of the team that worked on Iron Giant. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but he on Rotten Tomatoes, you know how it's like best movie. Yeah. Worst movie. Eight Crazy Nights <laughs> is both his best and worst <laughs> movie. Um, it also somehow had four writers, uh, including <laughs> Adam Sandler, who was it's was star. Alan Covert one of them? Huh? Alan Covert one of them? Maybe. Because he's one of his guys that's in all I of his movies. I think it might be, actually. Yeah. Uh, in addition to Sandler, who in this is in... I think I think Alan Covert's the guy who starred in Grandma's Boy. It is. That's yeah. him. Yes, yeah. he is the only other one with a Wikipedia page. Yep. Um, so, this is Adam Sandler's first voice acting role. His only one until... Hotel Transylvania? Mm-hmm. Um, he did another one, didn't he? Hotel Transylvania 2. Well, yeah, 3. three and he wasn't four. in the latest one, right? Was the uh, one no, four? I don't think he was in the latest one. There's right. another. I read this. There was one other animated movie he was in too that was like a, a, a franchise. Apparently, or this is the only traditionally animated one. Right. So, uh, it also stars his future wife, Jackie Titone. I just wrote Jackie Sandler because I don't know Jackie how to Sandler it. and Rob Schneider. So you know the star power is real the here. Schneider in this movie. As I know, he also narrates it. I thought that was Adam Sandler that was it's narrating. Not, it's not. Um. So, at a slight 76-minute runtime, this movie felt like it was 53 hours, which Listen. coincidentally is the amount of hours <laughs> I was in labor. 
I thought you were going to say the amount of hours and eight crazy nights. <laughs> no, no. This, this no. is 76 minutes where that we could have been watching The White Lotus instead. I know. It really, it really could have been. Sorry, Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, man. Uh, it's okay. Cra- we have we have a prayer candle We do. Going, We're good. So. Eight Crazy Nights was not a success commercially <laughs> or critically. <laughs> it has a svelte. 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. I tried to think of like a positive adjective. Svelte. Svelte. <laughs> um, and Rotten Tomatoes, you know how they I have- I would say an astounding 12%. Astounding. Well, you know how Rotten Tomatoes does the like consensus? Yeah. They call it nauseating. A nauseating concoction. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that. Um, it made $23.8 million on a $34 million budget, so it lost money. A bomb. That's a bomb. It, it didn't do well. Um, now, this would normally be the segment where I talk about awards it won and things like that. Adam Sandler did win a 2003 Kids' Choice Award for Best Voice from an Animated Movie. And That's you, honestly impressive. It's pretty good. Wasn't Shrek the year before? No, it's 2001. <laughs> yeah, but still, just just off the heels of Shrek. Right. Um, And it also, he was nominated for a Razzie. Yeah, of course. of course. Um, he was nominated for two Razzies this year for this and Mr. Deeds. Was he nominated for the Razzie for this movie or for actor? I think actor. For Whitey? Had to be for Whitey. I think it's just an overall Adam Sandler. Because I think. Nauseating concoction. Because for Jack and Jill, he got nominated for both roles. As separate nominations? as For actor and actress. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, so, honestly, like, that's what I have. <laughs> I have a surprisingly detailed plot summary. I, like, don't... Okay, I completely... I don't know if I misthought what was going on here. I doubt it. <laughs> I just, I don't know why. I thought it was going to be okay. I honestly thought it was going to be okay, too. I <laughs> I am sorely mistaken. <laughs> like, I've been watching these Adam Sandler movies. and Okay, so, like, if you don't know my, my history with, with Adam Sandler. The Sandlerpedia fandom, of Aaron's life. You know, I grew up not liking Adam Sandler except for the Drew Barrymore movies. Okay? Then. Which Tom, are? Wedding Singer, Fifty First Dates. Yeah, I'm not. I don't count Blended. Okay. And then I, I only go Canon. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, Tom made me watch Big Daddy, and I really liked it. And Big I, Daddy's great. I thought to myself, like, I have to normalize it being okay to change your mind on things and change your opinion. You know, we're big proponents of that. That's that's just a big thing in our lives, and um, not doing that would be a bit of a technical foul. Yes. Yes. So then I watched other ones like Billy Madison, Grown Ups, Grown Ups, and I enjoyed them. I I really became an Adam Stanler. Have Uncut you, you haven't Gems. seen? Yes, you haven't seen Happy Gilmore yet, right? Not yet, but I will. Did you? We watched. I will not watch Little Nicky. <laughs> I'm from the or south. Jack and Jill, or That's My Boy. I'm from the South, the Deep South. <laughs> Stupid. Um, what? I'll get to. I have a comment about Little Nicky later. Okay, but I thought that Eight Crazy Nights was going to be cute and fun and like fun and flirty, and it was not. I, I think that you are not alone in that. I'm I'm disappointed. I, I think I think that people who went to see this in theaters were probably like I thought this was going to be because it's it's marketed and it looks like it's in the vein of like a classic holiday Christmas special, right? 
but for Hanukkah. Right. And I love that. But I it's, think that's an amazing idea. But it's also like one of the meanest spirited movies I've ever watched. It's truly gross. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that funny, although I did chuckle no. a couple there times. are a couple funny. There are a couple funny moments. And Technical Foul, the song, is a classic. But this is this movie is pure uncut Adam Sandler. For worse. Not yeah. for better or worse. For worse. For worse. Yeah. It is it's animated, so I feel that he he and his team, his team of his his cadre of writers, uh had no sympathy towards anybody because it's just cartoons and animation. Right. And I think that worked to the movie's detriment. I think it was a poorly planned out idea, poorly executed. Yeah. Well let's You wanna hear, hear about it? Yeah, let's hear about <laughs> it too. <laughs> All right, so this plot summary is relatively extensive for what i thought the okay. movie was about yeah i was like when we were 48 hours into the movie i looked <laughs> in the it first up act to be like okay how far are we and i'm like this is a long wikipedia summary we're not even close to halfway a lot of times i have to go on like the imdb plot summary to sort of fill in the holes yeah. there were no holes to be filled in here someone really took their time <laughs> To yeah. Go into detail. More effort was spent. Of Eight Crazy Nights. More effort was spent on the plot summary of Eight Crazy Nights on Wikipedia than the screenplay of Eight Crazy Nights. <laughs> well, if you split it four ways, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. How do you know how many people worked on the Wikipedia page, though? Mm, There's a log true. of it, but I haven't looked. That's true. We should look at it. Absolutely. Anyway, there is a lot of culturally offensive stuff in this movie. There is a lot of yeah. ableism. There is ageism, there is homophobia, racism, it, transphobia. It's it, a mess. It runs the gamut. It's so a mess. Anything I am describing in this plot summary is simply a description of the plot and is not an endorsement of the views that it provides. This is my lawyer. Awful. This is my lawyer disclaimer before I go through this. Yeah, it's truly an offensive movie. <laughs> it's truly in the in the purest form of yeah, the word offensive. It really is. Um, okay, so we begin in December 2002 in the small town of Dukesbury, New Hampshire. Is that a real town? Do you know? No, it's not. Uh, where Davy Stone, Adam Sandler, is eating at a Chinese restaurant where the owner is racistly played by Rob Schneider, like doing a stereotypical really bad, really, act. It's really not bad. good. Davy is a... Th- and this guy pops up throughout the movie, too. Like, it's it's, yeah. it's really bad. They couldn't just let it... Like, they, they, they did the one scene, and then they had to have him keep popping up. They thought it was funny. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't funny. Davy is a 33-year-old Jewish alcoholic troublemaker whose criminal record has made him a pariah in the Dukesbury community. Mm, where's his hinge profile? <laughs> exactly. When Davy dine and dashes at the restaurant, ooh, that was alliteration, uh, he tries to evade arrest, and as he's doing so, he steals a snowmobile and destroys some ice sculptures before he's ultimately apprehended. At Davy's absolutely nonsensical trial, Whitey Duval also voiced by Sandler. Yeah, I did not know that until, like, way too far in. He's a 69-year-old, of course, volunteer referee from (laughs) Davey's former basketball league, and he pleads with the judge to allow Davey into his custody for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. Because he wanted to make him his reclamation project. Okay, but I don't know why the judge agreed to it. Uh, I wrote, the judge, for some reason, listens and sentences Davey to community service as a referee in training for Whitey's Youth Basketball League. And if Davey fails to complete the community service and he commits a crime before his sentence ends, he will serve 10 years in prison. <laughs> so the alternatives are be a referee in a basketball league or do 10 years in prison. Decade behind bars. For like disorderly persons and like breaking a couple ice sculptures. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's harsh. Listen, I'm not going to very harsh. We don't need to get into. I'm not the, doing uh, a legal analysis of a crazy. Yeah, nights. we're not. We're not going into a criticism of the uh, the prison system for today's episode. At Correct. Least. We will wait until Paddington two for That's that one. Right. That is right. So the next day, Davey has his first game, but he is obviously not into the idea of refereeing or being stuck with Whitey, which to me makes no sense because it's either that or go to jail for ten years. Just freaking do the time. I just think Davey's just vibing. He is vibing. In a uh, bad, it's a bad vibe. It's though. a bad vibe. Good vibes, bad vibes. Davy, bad, bad vibes. vibes. <laughs> so he continuously torments an overweight player to the point of crying. Yeah, it was bad. The game is halted when Whitey suffers a seizure, which is a sentence that comes after my previous sentence. And it's just like, why do those? T- why are these things happening? Mm-hmm. Davy forfeits the game to one team because he wanted to make the obese player on the losing team cry. Mean. So these are three sentences in a row of like the meanest things I've ever heard. Yeah. Not a good person. Uh, after Whitey recovers from his seizure, they happen often, so it's fine. Uh, he brings Davey to the mall where he meets Davey's childhood friend, Jennifer Friedman, played by Jackie Sandler, eventually, and her son, Benjamin, who is played by Austin Stout, who doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Jennifer is now a divorced single mom who is working at the mall after her ex-husband left her for a woman he met online. Whitey tells Davey that he lost his chance with Jennifer when they were kids, but Davey still secretly has feelings for her. Davey and Whitey are at odds, to say the least. When Davey shoplifts Peanut Brittle, Whitey (laughs) Whitey lets him off the hook, but vows to tell the judge if Davey commits one more crime. Oh, I didn't really introduce this, but Davey's voice, I mean, Whitey's voice is, if you haven't seen the movie, is like Adam Sandler's voice if it was also the sound of nails on a chalkboard. I am not joking. This is not an exaggeration. It is not a joke. I had a splitting headache (laughs) when this movie was over. And the first time it hurt was when Whitey started speaking. (laughs) It was truly the most physically debilitating movie experience. I don't know why he chose to do that because you're supposed to identify with Whitey. It was worse, apparently, and they made it, like, they edited it to make it, like, lower an octave because it was higher and more annoying originally. You look up Whitey's voice. I think that it's supposed to be an homage to his voice in the Hanukkah song. Where it's yeah, like but it's an entire pitch. character of it. Yeah, well, you know. Who's a main character in the movie. Let's face it. There were some creative choices that I didn't <laughs> agree with. We are also, okay. I'm going to continue with the plot summary. I'll get to this later. <laughs> Whitey continues to try to get through to Davy, but Davy resists in honestly the most mean-spirited ways possible, including with humiliation and assault. Yeah. Uh, knocking Whitey into a porta potty and covering him head to toe in human feces. Yeah, that was not good. Later, Davy bu- also, you know, remember how Whitey gets clean? Uh, does he have like deer lick? The deer lick. <laughs> <laughs> the reindeer lick. <laughs> Can I tell you, I did not know that, but I'm just going off of like, you know, the vibe of the movie. Yeah, I figured. Deer are like my favorite animal too, besides... They're whiteies too. Oh, God. Later, Davey bonds with Benjamin, who again is Jennifer's kid, while they're playing basketball at the community center with two like pretty older men that are good at basketball. But when Benjamin curses at the men... After they beat them, Jennifer shows up and scolds him for swearing. She also reprimands Davy for his actions and says that she doesn't want her son ending up like him. Probably a good idea. Yeah, I mean, come on. 
While Jennifer and Davy drive to their respective homes, they sing about their happy childhood and how much things have changed. Okay, this is also like 10 minutes into the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, we've got like an hour left. Yeah. <laughs> when Davy gets home, one of the men who lost the basketball game to him and Benjamin is burning down his trailer. <laughs> Davy runs into the trailer and grabs an envelope containing a Hanukkah card from his late parents. Whitey allows Davy to stay in his home, and Davy reluctantly accepts. Living in Whitey's home is his diabetic twin sister, Eleanor, also Sandler. I, th- that did not sound like Adam Sandler. Eleanor? Yeah. She talks like this. She talks like an old lady. Yeah, I love her. Yeah, she's great. And the pair explain their complex rules, stating that Davy will have to leave if he doesn't follow them. Mm-hmm. The song Technical Foul. <laughs> Davy seemingly makes progress and starts to turn his life around, but one day, while out with Whitey and Eleanor, Whitey recalls the story in 1982 when Davy's parents were killed in a car accident on the way to Davy's basketball game. Devastated by the loss of his parents and jumping between foster homes, Davy turned to alcohol and petty crime, isolating himself from Jennifer and his other friends. At this point, Davy loses his temper and insults both Whitey and Eleanor, which results in Whitey kicking Davy out of his house. Which, I mean... He just ran. Whitey just randomly brought this up. Like, if I was Davy, I'd be like, I don't want to hear any of this. Like, what are you doing? I kind of see both sides though, because like, if I got covered in poop, that is true. I'd be like, yeah, well, but Whitey, I don't like that. But Whitey's not a vengeful person. No. You know. You know he is. His two feet are like seventy-five sizes yeah. apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like his one's one like side an is like an adult eleven, a, a nine kids, and a on kid's the other side. nine. Yes. Ugh. And also he's. Covered, covered like head in to toe white in white fur. hair, yeah, yeah. And he was even in like the high school scene when he was in high school. <sighs> <laughs> Davy continues to drink throughout the day, and he breaks into the closed mall. In his drunken stupor, he imagines the logos of various stores coming to life and confronting him about not being able to grieve for his parents, attempting to get him to cry. Do you think that's like a a Christmas Carol reference, like when probably. Scrooge is like, like the ghosts visit him? Yeah, probably. Thing? Okay. Also, they didn't pay for any of that product placement. They didn't? No. <laughs> like, all the reviews are like, so much product placement, yeah. blah, blah, blah. They didn't pay for they any of it. They just did it? They just did it. It was like Foot Locker, GNC. There was like a whole bunch Victoria's of- Victoria's Secret. Yeah. yeah. There was like a Sir Speedy in there or something. Yeah. Davey finally opens his parents' Hanukkah card, and it contains a heartfelt message praising him for being a good son and asking him to never change. Aww. Davey finally cries, but two police officers come to arrest him. After escaping- Davy ends up on a bus to New York City, which breaks down just before leaving town. Davy takes this as a sign of the miracle of Hanukkah, which is not explained at all, and leaves, intending to find Whitey and make amends with him. Davy finds Whitey at the All-Star Banquet, an annual town celebration in which one member of the community is recognized for positive contributions and given the Dukesbury All-Star Patch, which Whitey has wanted for 35 years. Never won it. When Whitey is passed over... For seemingly the final time, with the award given to the hook-handed Tom Baltazar, played by John Lovitz. Yeah, why is it the final time, though? Because he decides to move to Florida Mm. and live life in anonymity. There you go. Risking arrest, Davy enters the hall and sings of Whitey's many selfless contributions to Dukesbury throughout his life, causing the townspeople to realize the errors of their ways. Davy leads them to Whitey at the mall, and the townspeople thank him for his service, with the mayor granting him the patch. All 34 previous recipients of the of the award give theirs to Whitey. They like throw it from the top part of Here, the Here, take number 34. It's very strange. Davy and Jennifer reconcile and the movie ends with, you guessed it, one more Whitey seizure 
which he yeah. calls the happiest seizure of his life. It's just not funny. And credits. That's and that mean. is that's a crazy nights. That's a crazy. I night. blew past a lot of this, a lot of the side stuff that happens in this movie. The deer's pooping. The deer's pooping. Um, yeah. Eleanor's whole Ele- wig. Story. Eleanor's wig storyline. Yeah. 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 You know, I really think you didn't capture the deep thematic themes of this movie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know what to say. <laughs> so my first question I wrote before. I watched this movie because if I had watched it, I would have realized that the movie has nothing to do with the song on which it is based. Mm-hmm. I wrote, what's a holiday song you'd like to see made into an animated movie? There is one correct answer. And we talked about this off mic and I think I guessed the answer. What's the answer? The answer is the Monster Mash. The answer is the Monster Mash. You need The Monster Mash needs to be a movie. Adam Sandler could even be... There's vampires in it, right? I don't know if Count Dracula's in it, but he played the the vampire in the the dad vampire in Hotel Transylvania. Yes, is that Dracula? Sure. I've never seen Hotel Transylvania. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just know they go to a water park or on a cruise. In I think it's like cruise. I think it's a cruise. <laughs> we gotta we gotta watch all the Hotel Transylvanias. Definitely. <laughs> all I know is Monster Mash is now one of uh, the name of one of our burp cloths because just like blankets, we name our burp cloths oh i thought that's what it was called like the oh product. it is the 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 like the the name of the product is, is called the monster Mesh. oh okay yeah so we didn't just make that up no but it makes me but happy. nobody calls it the monster <laughs> no Mesh. nobody calls it monster mash <laughs> oh man um yes monster mash is the correct answer are there any others maybe christmas shoes have you ever heard that song what sir i want to buy these shoes for my mama, please. It's basically this story about a little or a guy's going like shoe shopping at like Payless before Christmas. It's Christmas Eve, right? And he's like in line and there's this little boy who, oh my goodness, his clothes are so raggedy and he's so poor. And he says, sir, I want to like buy Oliver these Twist? shoes. My mom's dying of cancer and I want her to look pretty if she meets Jesus tonight. Why would I want to watch this movie? And then the guy's like, I cried and I paid for those shoes. And then it's a kid's choir and it's like, sir, I want to buy these shoes for my mama, please. And it's like, are you having a fever dream? I've never heard cuts this song. out and, and he goes, I want mama to look beautiful if mama meets Jesus tonight. I They actually made it into a Lifetime movie. <laughs> oh, so it doesn't qualify for this question. Animated movie. I want uh, it to be animated. Okay. And it's just going to be like the saddest, saddest Christmas movie <laughs> ever. <laughs> this is one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. <laughs> You've never heard of Christmas shoes? No. I used to. Okay. The first time I heard it, I was like, it was like on the radio and I was in the back of the car because I always chose the back left corner of the minivan, like by myself. I was like sobbing. Sobbing. It is like the, like, you know how there's some movies or shows that are meant to make you cry, but like aren't actually emotional. And they're just like, Hey, you better cry at this. This is kind of that kind of movie. Uh, yeah. Eight, eight crazy nights is the perfect example of like, they're trying to shoehorn emotion into it. Yeah. They had to make like the most awful thing happen to Davy. Yeah. It's to make not, him just 
It's like, oh, yeah, he also, his parents died at the most pivotal point in his life. Yeah. Same with Christmas shoes. We just got a we just got a text from uh, Manon who's doing our camera work. He said, "WTF is she talking about?" I do, I do not, not know that know song. That song. <laughs> All right, well, you know what? Everybody, go and listen to the Christmas shoes. I do not know who sings it. I, I'll no put idea. I'll put a link in the description. <laughs> and maybe watch the Lifetime movie. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. You, we're not gonna do the Lifetime movie on here. <laughs> no. What? Well, it depends on my. It depends how long the podcast goes. Do you have another holiday song that you think would be good for an animated movie? Don't say Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas song because that's why already an animated show. Is the Christmas song an animated show? Is it I'm like sure it's when in. he says I want a hula hoop? Is that in a hula hoop? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that sounds like Adam Sandler would sing that. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's part of one of the animated ones. Um, I don't really have any others off the top of my head uh okay what about like what if we just did like the 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 trans-siberian orchestra sarajevo song that sounds great yeah we'll do that one we can make it into like a like a fantasia kind of thing that's beautiful yeah perfect so there's a scene near the beginning at the mall food court where whitey gets do you know what meal he gets no i actually didn't write anything down about the food because i forgot he gets spaghetti meatballs and french fries from where there was a, it, they actually had a name. It was like an Italian place. That is great. What would you get at a mall food court when you used to go to the mall? Uh, hmm. Well, that was when I, hold on. I have to let April out. Bye-bye. Should wait a minute. I want to come back She's going to be back in approximately <laughs> two seconds. Uh, the one that I used to go to in uh, Menlo Park Mall. Yeah, that Edison. was a good one. Edison, wherever it is. Uh, Islin. Um, I used to go to the Chick Fil A mostly. That's where our one of our first dates was. Yeah, we paid like three dollars. I got a fruit punch and French fries, waffle fries. Yep, cheap date. I have a cheap date. And remember our, our other one of our other first dates was at a TGI Fridays. Yes, and then the fire alarms went off, and then the waitress that we went to I went to high school with was like, "Just go." And I was yeah. like. Thank you. We were like waiting for the check. Yeah, we were. And she was like, literally, just go. Yeah. Yeah. So our first like couple dates were like the total was like three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we just uh, we just bought a a thousand dollar Microsoft Surface Pro the other day, so Who things have gotten out? have gotten a little bit more expensive. All right, so Chick Fil A. Yeah. Mine is Annie Ann's. I would get like the yeah, you oh, know that lemonade tart my thing with any ends is i can't have more than like two bites of anything i get the from there cheese sauce and then you dip it in. i've also never been a huge like soft pretzel person mad buttery though yeah i agree yeah um <laughs> there's always remember that tea place that was in that food court david's tea yeah that was good stuff that was a good place i actually really like that yeah i would do like the taco bell in there or wendy's yeah what about sabaro nah hell no no, no Sabaro. <laughs> no, 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 no. I liked Sabaro because I never ate like I don't eat meat, so like I couldn't go the, to like the Chinese place. The local pizzeria, Sabaro. Um, was that what is it? What does Michael Scott say? Yeah, yeah. My favorite local pizza joint, Sabaro. <laughs> pizza joint. That's it. Yes. Um. Okay. Well, I what I will say about that mall scene is that Sandler had his pulse on what was going out of like out of favor because everything that you see in that mall scene is like a laundry list of outdated garbage. It's like, yes. it's like radio shack, like yeah. all these things that like don't exist anymore. And the whole point of whitey is that he's like stuck in the past yeah. and it's like a, per- it's like a, it's like a prescient little 
That's beautiful. Like thing that Sandler actually got right here. He actually, is you this know, movie like deep. Yes, exactly. A broken clock is right twice a day, kind of thing. Meanwhile, I wrote the whitey voice has to be the most annoying voice I've ever heard. Is that Sandler? <laughs> I can't imagine. So like I, I obviously had seen this movie when I was a teenager. I couldn't imagine what it would be like hearing it for the first time right now. It was jarring. <laughs> and you didn't know about it. No. <laughs> I didn't know a single thing about this movie. I thought it was like a really, I, all right, I knew it was animated. I knew that it was like an adult animated thing, which, you know, I have always been anti-adult animation, but I've softened to it over the years. I like Bob's Burgers. Like, you know, like, okay. But. I love adult animation. I did not know anything else really and i'm i was incredulous the entire movie yeah it's not good no i did say okay eleanor is kind of funny eleanor's great she was kind of funny um but i did put here the animation is actually beautiful it's the iron giant team a lot of them they were laid off from uh was it warner brothers or something Maybe. uh whoever made iron giant uh which i actually just watched for the first time like last week i've never seen it it is awesome yeah, I heard people love it. Yeah, I would recommend that to anybody who has not seen it. And I'm sure that everybody who has seen it is like, yeah, of course it's awesome. Well, Eight Crazy Nights was really, really gorgeous. The animation is great. Be- that's why. Beautiful. That's part of why I thought the movie was good, like when we were talking about it. Yeah. Because I remember, I, I think of it in my head, and I'm like, oh, it's really smooth, it's clean, it's... it's and it is. Yeah. The colors pop, like... I said, can you think of another movie? When the poop is coming out of the reindeer's butt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I really actually thought it was beautiful to watch and to look at. Like, literally, if my brain was turned off, but my <laughs> eyes still weren't. <laughs> so can you think of another movie where there's one good element and the rest is absolute trash? I, I think... We've mentioned this on prior episodes, but if you look at the Best Actress nominations at the Oscars, a lot of times the performance is great, the movie's not good. Yeah. I mean, think about, like, like Renee Zellweger and Judy. And I kind of like Judy. Okay, I didn't. But <laughs> th- just think about movies like that yeah. where, you know... It's the like performance is good. They're the, the star. They're there. You're there for, you know, Renee Zellweger. Or, just as an example. And, yeah. you know, the rest of it, you can take it or leave it. Do you have any... I mean, I kind of was thinking like, okay, what was like the worst movie I've seen in a while? And I thought about The Reader. Oh my. Which is one of the most offensive movies I've ever seen. Offensive in a different way Very than different w- way. than A Crazy Nights is offensive. The Reader, if you have never seen it, is 2009, which Was it that late? I think so. I have a thing too where I always think that the last year of a decade is always an excellent year for movies maybe it was 2008 it was 2008 okay good because 2009 was the year with like district nine yeah and like those right. movies which right. was which was better in my opinion i always that's a, that's the kind of a hill i'll die on is that the last year of every decade of movies at least the past three what about 99 what was 99? 99 there's a whole book about it oh yeah i actually have the book yes yeah um and 2019 i think is the best year for movies ever 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 I also like 1975, but that's completely different. <laughs> um, so, see, when I think of the worst movies I've ever seen, I think of like epic movie, a date movie. Yeah, I don't know if I count those as movies. Their movies are in the the movies in the name. Technically, they're movies. Yeah, they're films. So what <laughs> prestigious? <laughs> so what is something? There's nothing good in those movies. No. No. Nothing. We're having trouble with this. Yeah. What is a movie where there's one? 
one thing that's like really really good does the rest of it have to be awful or can the rest of it be I like kind of like the rest of it's really bad mm. oh what about in the room the performance of uh chris dash r yeah that's good so the room <laughs> is a 2003 <laughs> i don't know Adult animated musical comedy drama. No, yeah, it's no. something weird. And so basically, it's the worst movie ever made is what it's you've, supposed to I'm be. I'm sure you've heard of The Room if you haven't seen and it. And it's just a guy who thinks that his wife is having an affair with his best friend. Yes. Or soon to be supposed wife. Supposed to be like a like a, like a streetcar named Desire. Almost like, a, yeah, like a Tennessee Williams yeah. thing. And it's it's truly awful. It's but awful. As, as the years go by... It, we are convinced that it's, it's a It's actually movie. very good. <laughs> yes. Um, But... The acting's truly awful in it. Horrendous. Except for Chris Dash R. Who is a character. Who is just a very, very minor character. Where's my money, Denny? <laughs> you got my money? He's excellent. He is. He's excellent. Yes. That's a perfect example, yeah. Tom. Yeah. That's great. I love that. That's my example. Okay. So I got to like be careful because I accidentally put on... I forgot to get rid of the Christmas shoes. So if I accidentally like don't screen it, it's going to start playing um wait can i ask you a question yeah can you rank the sandler voices in this movie it's davy whitey and eleanor davy is the best because he's normal, <laughs> <'Cause> he's normal. <laughs> then eleanor because i didn't realize it was what? and then it's just like 50 steps down and then whitey that's a technical foul <laughs> whitey's voice is i i was like <laughs> I think that I like malfunctioned. I am gonna find Whitey's voice and I'm gonna play it into the camera. It's so bad. It's literally so bad, Tom. Like it hurt. It hurt my brain. I got a headache. It's it's truly terrible. Truly awful. This movie does look good though. What eight crazy nights? Like it looks good. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, everything I look up is just the song technical foul. Go look up Whitey. <laughs> If you're listening to this and you want to hear his voice. I guess. It's awful. It's, it's awful. truly awful. So, yeah. I <laughs> I said I literally can't think of anything that felt literally four times as long as it actually was. Maybe running on the treadmill, giving birth. Maybe giving birth. Yeah. Although I was knocked no. out for some of that. You said that that felt shorter than it was. Yeah, I guess you're right. To not feel Running like on a treadmill hours. is a good one. Running on the treadmill. Yeah. Imagine running on the treadmill while watching Eight Crazy Nights. I would never, I would never get off the treadmill because it would if someone has like an irrational fear of dying and like time going by really fast, that's the solution. Yeah, I think so. Um, I said I think that this concept is great. It's a classic holiday yeah. special animation focused on Hanukkah, which is, I think, a, uh, a holiday that does not get a lot of attention well well listen part of my part of what my takeaways are going to be at the end here are that like we need to make more hanukkah movies so that you don't just have to watch eight crazy nights well there is or more hanukkah movies that i like i need to i need to find more hanukkah movies to watch that are not, not eight crazy nights. a movie but growing up there was a special that was there rugrats oh yeah do that's you remember true. the rugrats hanukkah special yes, yes, that yes. was really i i haven't seen it in a long time but i remember it being educational and well done for the amount of Christmas movies that there are, I would love to see, you know, for every 10 Christmas movies, if we had one Hanukkah movie, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I agree. Or 10 Hanukkah movies, but let's just start with one, I guess. Let's just, well, the other thing is Eight Crazy Nights isn't really no, about Hanukkah. it's really not. The only Hanukkah ties are his parents dying on Han during Hanukkah, 
Uh, Which I understand is like, then it makes it a specific time in the year that is memorable. Yeah. Uh, but it has nothing to do with the actual... it doesn't have anything to do with It could have been on Arbor Day. Right. I mean, this is an Arbor Day movie because my parents died on Arbor Day. Right. It's not. Uh, the other thing is that it takes place during Hanukkah, for example. Yes. Like, Benjamin is, like, talking about all the gifts he got so yes. far. Uh, and third, he mentions the miracle of Hanukkah when the when the bus breaks down. And yeah. we don't know what that is as non-Jews. Like, I'm not Jewish. Right. I don't know. I, I know too little about Hanukkah. Right. That I was not... I was not... Uh, clued in on by this movie right well i think that it may be possible that the movie takes place over the eight nights of hanukkah yeah but but that is never it's mentioned. not conveyed it's very unclear yeah yeah so yeah i wrote that you know i think it's a great concept i and love that it's a holiday movie focused on hanukkah in the vein of those classic holiday specials but the screenplay was the worst that I've ever had the displeasure to see on screen. You think so? Besides, There's some really bad screenplays out there. This one was It's up there. It's really definitely up there. Bad. I don't know if I don't know if I would make the leap to say the worst one. Okay. Well, but it's up it's definitely in the conversation. Top 10 easily. Okay. That's fair. Okay. We'll have to we'll have to figure out our top 10 worst screenplays of all time. Now, I wrote something. Oh, I said that the animation kind of reminds me of Hey Arnold a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It was um, like the color shading. I think it's the colors. Yeah. Um, I said here, which it turns out I lied. I said I also can't remember a single song from the movie. Yeah, no, there's a there's That's a few. That's a technical foul. There's a few bangers, actually. Um, are there other but let's face it, besides technical foul, there Pe- people are many love, people songs. love the one from the from the from the award thing. Okay. The Bombiddy one. Okay. But Overall, Te- technical foul is the star you're of the not film. really buying the soundtrack right i don't know you're not i've never bought it no are what other musicals have soundtracks that are super forgettable um i did i don't like into the woods i don't remember anything from into the woods, into the woods! yeah that one that, that one's up there for the me the play is good the movie was bad did not like the movie did not see the musical yeah sweeney but. todd i did not like sweeney todd's garbage Oh my god, Tom, you can't just say Sweeney Todd's garbage. Am I gonna get am I gonna get trolled online Maybe, for that? I don't know. Sweeney Todd garbage. Okay, what else? Um I don't know. Do you know what's a do you know what is not in this category? What? Les Mis. And I'm Javert. <laughs> Isn't it Javert? <laughs> That's good stuff. Oh man. That's the, like the only part I remember. But Russell Crow, baby. Yeah. I actually liked Les Mis though. The movie. I loved Les Mis. I most musicals i like more musicals than i think i do yeah you know does that make sense yeah absolutely i did not love this musical and i agree i didn't love into the woods i didn't love sweeney todd i keep i kept and again i've seen this movie before i kept forgetting that it was a musical and then like a song would hit yeah do you know what has only hits what high school musical okay only hits sure (laughs) <laughs> and that takes place during the holiday season, I guess. Does it? Uh, it starts on New Year's. Oh, wow. It does. It starts on New Year's New Year's Eve. Wow. Yeah. That's where they sing start of something new. Uh, I get it. Because mm-hmm. it's New Year's. <laughs> yep. That's all I've got for questions. Um, okay. The Mrs. Nesbitt Identity Crisis Award. Is it Davy or Whitey? It's got to be Whitey. Yeah. It's Whitey. Yeah. He goes through such a crisis because no one wants to give him this 
award, even though he's constantly doing things to get it. Yeah. What is he without this award? And I guess he finds out at the end he's he's 35 awards. Yeah. But he basically is like, he's like cleaning toilets for a dollar. They're like, oh, why don't, you, that. why don't you go clean the toilet, old man? And he's like, uh, for, I'll do it for a dollar. <laughs> so pointless. And then they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then he goes and cleans the toilet. I just don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand this movie. And that's when Adam Sandler throws him in, or Davey throws him in the uh, porta potty. Adam Sandler throws Adam Sandler. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, okay, so that's the Mrs. Nesbitt Identity Crisis Award. It goes to Whitey Duval. <laughs> <laughs> Same with the 35th through 1st patch for the Best Citizen Award or whatever. Oh, my God. This is a disaster. Uh, let me see. I'll just do some trivia because that's where I'm looking at. That's what I'm looking at on my, on my document right now. <laughs> I said that all the product placement was done without permission from the companies. This that is, is funny. And nobody sued? No, I don't think so. Okay. It's the first PG-13 rated film to receive a Kids' Choice Awards nomination. That's a great piece of trivia, yeah. actually. Yeah. I don't know what has done it since. But I don't think that will ever be on Jeopardy, but it it's just be. good to know. It would be a $2,000 question, that's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, the redheaded bully that's playing basketball against Davy and Benjamin, he's an O'Doyle. Doyle rules. Yeah, exactly. Uh, obviously, a reference to Billy Madison. Oh, thank you for explaining uh, the joke. Well, if Tom. nobody, if people didn't listen to our Billy Madison episode and have never seen the movie, get with it. I'm explaining to our freaking listeners no to way. go back in the archive. They need to do the work themselves, you know? <laughs> I can't spoon feed you people. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be spoon feeding our own child. Yeah, soon. exactly. This is the only movie. <laughs> the only movie. Wait, 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 wait. No, let me try and guess. You're not going to get it. Okay. Just <laughs> it's the only movie produced by Adam Sandler's Meatball Animation Studio, which uh, housed an animation crew formerly of Warner Brothers and 20th Century well, Fox. Well, that's where Iron Giant people came in. Yes. So what happened? What happened in the meatballs? I think this movie got crapped on so much that... Wait, I feel kind of bad. Why? Because I love Eight Crazy Nights. <laughs> <laughs> that's a technical foul. <laughs> I do kind of have a soft spot for the movie, actually. We love Whitey here, here on Baby's First Watch List. We do. <laughs> no, I don't know if I love Whitey. The character of Whitey is based on the character Whitey from Adam Sandler's album Stan and Judy's Kid. Apparently, he's like a okay. character on the album. He also appeared in Little Nicky. He was played by Dana Carvey. Oh. Uh, he, um, was, he was a referee. There is actually... I, I'm not going to go into detail on Mike here, but there is someone from my town's history that actually reminds me very much of whitey and i'll explain who it is out okay. off mic. is it somebody i know no oh okay no but i wouldn't i don't even think you know who it is you might you actually might know the name but um finally my final piece of trivia there wasn't a lot on this movie which is surprising and not surprising uh davy's parents are voiced by adam sandler's parents oh that's stan sandler cute. and judith sandler this is his name is stan sandler yeah i was. love that Oh, R.I.P. This uh, was his only film appearance. Love. He died in 2003, and his memory was dedicated uh, in another Adam Sandler film, 50 First Dates. 50 First Dates is one of my favorites. Oh, my God. Wait. I love 50 I First Dates. I cannot wait till we do 50 First Dates. We're like, already looking forward to our next Sandler. <laughs> okay. So, we're going to talk a little bit about technical foul. That's a technical foul. So, when, as I mentioned in the plot summary, when... Davy, when Whitey gives Davy a place to live. Yeah. 
he goes through this entire song of basically the rules of the house. Like, don't come in. And you, you got to respect you got to respect the people who live there. Totally you have, fair. You have to respect Whitey and Eleanor. And, you know, it is true. Everyone has, like, weird... Every family, yeah. every household has these weird kind of quirks that, Eccentricities. like... You're just like, oh. Like, if you start dating someone and you go and visit them, you're like, whoa. Like, I'm sure Tom has been like, what the... A lot. To this day. With my family. No, <laughs> there are things, <laughs> yeah, adapted. of course. Of course. But there are things that I'm sure are a little bit... um disconcerting jarring whatever yeah. or, even, you're not used to. or even when you walk into our house and you just get attacked by april and we're just like oh well <laughs> <laughs> you asked for it so okay so i'm gonna run through these rules with you that they say in the song skipping maybe one or two of them perhaps uh and i want to know whether you think they're reasonable okay so the first basically the, the way the song goes is for example, if you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. So that one is fair, right? If you switch to the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. I don't I don't think that's a technical foul. You don't think? But it, even if he has, like, nowhere else to go and, like, they're letting him into their house, you're going to change their radio stations and that's okay? Well, it depends. Okay. How long is it? Like, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, if you don't shut the door after using the refrigerate tour, that's <laughs> yeah, a technical you should foul. probably close that. If you touch the thermostat, okay. So if you touch the thermostat and that that being a technical foul is one thing. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat <laughs> because that's a technical foul. I mean, we're pretty copacetic when it comes to the thermostat. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really okay care. with you moving a degree or two. My parents will go to like my mom gets so mad. <laughs> My dad likes it. Like he does not like to put on the heat or air conditioning too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. And my mom is always like, I'll walk and be like, it's freezing in she'll here. She'll be in like a parka. And she'll be like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so reasonable or not to get hit with a bat for touching the thermostat? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if your hair clogs the drain, you'll know the meaning of pain because that's a technical foul. Vibes. I've. Oh my god. When I started shedding oh after god. giving birth. They don't okay, they do tell you this, but like you don't expect it to happen the way it happens. Clumps. Just absolute clumps of hair coming out. Like I would run my fingers through my hair in the shower and it would be like a wig. Like oh You're my. not lying. I'm not lying. Like you're supposed apparently the average person loses a hundred hairs per day. It must be times ten for a pregnant or a previously pregnant person. Yeah. Crazy. That's a technical foul. Just technical foul. So he says BS, and they say, you have to say bull spit because that's a technical <laughs> foul. Okay. Random. Uh, if you don't spray Lysol after moving a bowel, that's a technical foul. I know some people are very – I mean, I don't care. Okay. I don't think that's a technical foul. Do you think – we don't do that. If you're in somebody else's house – I mean, house, girls don't do that. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So you, this doesn't really apply to you, I guess. <laughs> uh, but I, if you're in somebody else's house and it's available to you – there's like a spray thing, the poopery like a thing on table. Yeah. Okay. So you got to do it. Well, that's a technical foul. If you decide to wash your ass with their monogrammed towel <laughs> and then they yell at him because they say Heine. <laughs> that's a technical foul. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> okay. That's a technical foul. If you make fun of their crazy feeties or give sugar cookies to miss diabetes. 
because mean. That's Eleanor mean. has diabetes. That's, mean. That's a technical foul. I guess. Yeah, and as, it is. And as Eleanor chimes in, and possibly a homicide. I like. I don't like joking about that. I know. That's I don't know the why movie. they're joking about that. If you sleep past three, that's a technical foul. <laughs> 3 p.m.? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, honestly, that is a technical foul in my book. If you take a whiz in the flowers, that's a technical foul. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. If you use Eleanor's trombone as a bong, that's a technical foul. Yeah, that's not good. If you make long-distance calls. That's a technical foul. Yeah. And finally... That's not you, really ap- applicable today. Right. If you laugh at Eleanor when she's not wearing her wig, that's a technical <laughs> foul. There's also another one that we're not mentioning that's a little inappropriate. Correct. Um, I mean, I don't think that most of their rules are that They're not bad. too crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, those I mean, are all technical fouls. I mean, you know, maybe you don't get hit with a bat. Yeah. But, you know. All right. What do you... All right. So, for me... So, w- no. Okay. Can I ask the question? Yeah. What are the technical fouls in our house? Okay, my, I think that. <laughs> if you walk you, in the door and you don't give April a treat, that's one of them. That's a technical foul. If you, like, say that our house looks bad. <laughs> um, if, <laughs> no. If you, like, break stuff. <laughs> We are pretty laid back. Yeah, honestly, honest. Oh, I just stepped on April's foot. Sorry, April. If you like, if you, if you walk in and say, "Hey, your podcast stinks." Yeah, that's a technical <laughs> file. Like, I don't care if you wear your shoes. Or even worse, hey, I don't listen to your podcast. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> but I, we really don't have many rules. No, we really don't. Tom did do a technical file yesterday. He left like the light on upstairs all night. This isn't about me. If you don't <laughs> let me, or if you tell me I'm neurotic for checking the door, the other door, the oven, the uh, basement door, and then doing it again. Like multiple times multiple a day. Multiple times a day. That's, that's a technical. technical. <laughs> <laughs> How about that one? Yeah. I mean, I guess it is. <laughs> uh, you let I, me do it. Yeah. You don't care. It doesn't. Bo- I just. I just leave it alone. You know. It just. It, it's gonna happen. I'm not gonna bother with it. Yeah. It's not worth my time. Right. Yeah. Because it would have been a technical foul. Exactly. How about if you try to like do any yard work? That's the technical. Wait. Are we? Are we foul. just? Are we just dumping on me now? <laughs> I don't do any yard work. This. This is guests. We're talking about guests. <laughs> Oh my god! I guess it's like, whoa! You haven't done, you haven't, you haven't done, <laughs> run the dishwasher in a few days either. You I, piece of garbage. <laughs> well, that's, all right. Well, how about this? If you walk in and you insult our dishwasher, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, because the front fell off months ago, <laughs> we've done nothing to get it fixed. Hopefully, by the time this episode drops, we will have the new dishwasher. I'm just taking from my parents. Yeah, that's a technical. <laughs> If you get mad, if you get mad at us when we start, when we start the Toyota, and it's like at six a.m. for five minutes, for like four months, that's a technical fail. 
I have nothing. I have nothing. I have nothing else for the, for for this this oh this gosh, segment. That is so stupid. Oh God. April, are you going or no? No. <laughs> like our Toyota, literally, it makes the worst noises. It's a 2010 Toyota Corolla. Eleven. And like, Eleven, and like every belt is broken. <laughs> like what's a belt? Yeah. And guess who has to drive it? <laughs> Oh my god. Um so Those yeah. Are technical that's fouls. a good list of technical fouls, I would say. <laughs> All right, what other questions do you have, Tom? Um not many. <laughs> Our dishwasher looks so bad. I said the most offensive part of Davy's character is that he I, this is I wrote this in the first like three minutes of the movie, so okay. it's definitely wrong. Most offensive part of Davy's character is that he doesn't like potato latkes. Oh, those are so good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a that's a big miss. That, that is a major miss. Common L for our guy Davey. I agree. This is also one of at least two at least two that I could think of Sandler movies that starts with him getting arrested. Uh, what's another one? The Longest Yard. Oh, I didn't watch. He's that. in like a car chase with the police, and then they pull him over, and he's and he gets sent to jail. Wouldn't it be cool if like there was a crossover between The Longest Yard and Fast and Furious? Maybe there will be. And Sandler just listen. Appeared. Don't put it past Vin. It's family, baby. Exactly. Then you got your Iron Giant connection, right? Oh, yes. Perfect. Absolutely. How many basketball movies does Sandler have? Let's see. I have four. I wrote down four. He has that new one. Not necessarily basketball, but that he plays basketball in. Okay. I have at least four. He's got that one. The the new one, Hustle. Hustle. You've got Eight Crazy Nights. I think he's... is. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry one. Oh, no. I'm thinking of Here Comes the Boom when Kevin James... I think he has to hit, like, a good shot. Oh, okay. Um, well, he doesn't play, but in Uncut Gems, basketball is a, very, is a major very, very important. Okay. Um, the Longest Yard, he plays against Michael Irvin at the prison. I thought that was football. No, he plays against Michael Irvin in basketball so that he can get him on the football teams okay. to respect him. Who's Michael Irvin? Uh, former Cowboys receiver. He's a Hall of Famer. Okay. Um, he plays basketball in Big Daddy, I think, too, with with julian with slash frankenstein. frankenstein yeah okay um those are the ones that i have i'm sure there's more he's a, he loves basketball he's good but at the, it too, the apparently fa- the fa- my favorite thing about all these movies is that his character is just sick at basketball well adam sandler is apparently very good yeah at i'm basketball. sure he's good so why would he make his characters bad because it would play into their personalities absolutely not i love the idea that maybe like, howie maybe howie from uncut gems he would not be good uh but i love the idea that like all of his characters have such flaws they're not good people a lot of the time whatever but they're sick at basketball absolutely <laughs> they're so good at basketball <laughs> they got they got they got a crossover they got a step back three, three point Woo! yeah exactly let me see if i could find Adam Sandler basketball movies. I think only Hustle is going to come up, but. Uh, Please tell me that he plays basketball and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. A brief history of Adam Sandler's lifelong love for basketball. Uh, this is just him talking how, about how he his got love into for basketball. basketball. Uh, little Nicky. Um, he performs an outrageous half court dunk on his brother Cassius. Who's who, Cassius? Like another one of the devil's sons. Oh, okay. The Longest Yard. Uh, Grown Ups. Oh, really? Yep. I've seen Grown Ups. It's a good movie. Yep. Is it? Oh, because they talk about how his game-winning 1978 shot shouldn't have counted. Ah. It's like a running joke with them. Okay. Uh, Grown Ups 2. Shaquille O'Neal is in it as well. He, he was like a cop in it, I think. Yep. Uh, yeah. 
And then he's got so that's like seven or eight movies that, lot. that there's basketball in at least just right there. Beautiful theme that runs through the Sandler filmography. Yeah, and it, and it goes to show that he has creative control over his movies because I love I love that. Yeah, you get your running themes. I also love how big his shorts are. Amazing. Uh <laughs> Why don't you play me off to sleep every night with a trombone solo like Eleanor does to Whitey in the first song? If you wanted that, <laughs> don't you worry. I would get it. So, Whitey to me is like a malevolent spirit. Why? I don't know. He feels like he's plucked out of like mythology and dropped into this movie. It's because of the white fur. I'm trying to come up with a comparison, <laughs> but I really can't. Like, I wrote that he's like a poltergeist. He's like Dobby. He's Dobby? He's Dobby in this movie. Does that make any sense? No? No. Okay, I think that Whitey is like Dobby, and I can't explain it, but he just is. Maybe he's like supposed to be like a a savior figure? He definitely is. He's like a non I mean he's a, he's a he's a he's Christian, but like he he's like a non-denominational like sort of like you know, we're chilling happy holidays, merry christmas sort of christmas um celebrator he's not like super tied into like roman catholicism or presbyterianism or whatever mm -hmm. he is just a a a olive branch from the christian community well there is a whole thing right about um this town being both uh very celebratory of christmas and hanukkah sort of equally right yeah and there are the 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 two and sculptures that are um and outside yeah outside the uh like the the hall at the end yeah, yeah. so if you look at it that way um it's sort of maybe a, a unification but it doesn't make any sense because neither of neither side like represents anything <laughs> well that's the whole thing like all of these like deep things fall apart they're like almost there <laughs> yeah uh okay also every adam sandler movie i think could be solved with a therapist yeah, absolutely. Everyone that I've seen, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Men will literally commit a lot of crimes <laughs> to avoid going to therapy. Men will literally risk 10 years in prison to not be a recreational basketball referee instead of going to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Men will literally throw an old man into a porta potty filled with human feces rather than go to go therapy. therapy. It's true. Very true. Um, can we talk about Whitey's tux in the last scene? It's like pink. I thought it was blue. It was was it blue? I'm colorblind. Oh god. It reminded me of It was of, like a powder um, blue. Yeah, it reminded me of the dumb and dumber tux. Yes. And he's he's wearing like a white tie and like a white frilled shirt. Was it white? Kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah. There's Whitey's got it going on. I want to know where he got that. Just any store. Yeah, any store. I don't think any store will fit him in a in a powder blue. Like, what about like Oshkosh Bagosh? We're gonna go with Oshkosh Bagosh. Okay. Uh, I I love the thing I love about that last scene, and I legitimately love about that last scene is, uh, I'm talking about the scene the the award scene. Yeah. So when they're giving the, uh, the John Lovitz character the award, the mayor is played by Kevin Nealon, and he's yeah. basically from SNL, and he's basically. Like the rich, he's the mayor, and then John Lovitz is like the rich benefactor who bought the scoreboard for the town. Which one only has one hand? Lovitz's character, his left hand is a hook. Yes. And uh, part of the last song is Adam Sandler asking if he's ever wiped with the wrong hand. And John Lovitz's character says yes, and he looks at his hook on his hand. It is just like the most juvenile. So stupid. Uh, 
But yeah, in that scene, the people in the crowd are like going nuts for the stupidest jokes. Like the yeah. most obvious like dad jokes and like everybody's going nuts. And it's to me, I found that so actually like poignant. Why? <laughs> because these people are just bootlicking the rich and the powerful. Yeah. And this is a clear state. Obviously, this is an intended statement. Yeah. And like it's like everybody who is left on Twitter and Elon Musk replies. Mm-hmm. That's those are the people that are in Elon Musk's replies. That's the people that are retruthing certain people on Truth Social. Yeah. <laughs> but it's such a funny little again, a little piece of this movie that is like a really fun commentary. Mm-hmm. that is just totally lost in like deer pooping all over the ground. Yeah, I know. And that's kind of like, I just feel like that's not necessarily where Adam Sandler's strengths lie with his movies. What is it? Like trying to make these points. I think that his strengths lie in secretly having heart yeah. in his movies. And so when you've got the juvenile humor, it's kind of, undercut in a positive way by like the the heart in it this didn't have that no and it had too much juvenile humor exactly so i think that and it tried to kind of shoehorn that in and it didn't work yeah and i think a lot of that is because it's animated and because sandler and his team thought that they could go further right with what they were doing right because it's animated and you're not you know picking on real people and things like that and it totally did not land Right. But I would say that if... I, and this is like, let alone the ableism and racism and the, the seizure jokes and all that. Like, this yeah. is even outside of all that. I think if I could give Adam Sandler a do-over for one movie that I've seen, this is the one. I think it could be really good. I think there's a good movie in here somewhere. I love that. I think if he knew, too, that... Again, he made this movie 20 years ago. The 20th anniversary. Uh, right? This was 2002? I think it is, yeah. I think if he knew that 20 years later, there still wouldn't be, like, a defining Hanukkah movie, mm-hmm. and he knew that he could make one that would, like, endure, I think that he's a little bit more older now. He's been in some different stuff. He's been in, you know, a little bit more serious stuff. He he, he was in Punch Drunk Love the same year as this, mm-hmm. which was, like, a more mature type of movie that the Standlers didn't like. Uh, he's been in Uncut Gems. He yeah. did Hustle is a little bit more mature than a lot of his other stuff. Uh I would like to think that he would put together a solid, watchable movie with those stupid juvenile jokes, but, but paired back a little bit. That celebrates Hanukkah yeah. and, and Jewish traditions. I think that Adam Sandler is a good artist. I do, too. You know, art is super subjective, so maybe Eight Crazy Nights <laughs> just you know belongs in a different room of the Louvre than it, we like to spend our time. Yeah. Uh, Eight Crazy Nights is not good. Uh, but there is a version of Eight Crazy Nights in some alternate universe that I think is a defining Hanukkah movie. I love that. Not this one, though. Unfortunately, not. <laughs> <laughs> one too many deer pooping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just have a little bit more on... Uh, this is actually a decent uh, segue into the Roger Ebert review. King. Which, I mean, yeah, we don't need to sing his praises any more than we do every single episode. He gave this movie two stars out of four, but his review did not read like a two star out of four. I think maybe <laughs> he just sees the potential like you did. Maybe. Uh, so he, he begins by saying, 
Heaven help the unsuspecting families who wander into Adam Sandler's A Crazy wander. Nights expecting a jolly animated holiday fun fest. Mm, yeah. Like, really. It is. It truly is not a happy movie. It's not no. jovial. It Even at the end. It ends on a seizure. Yeah. It is kind of dark. Yeah. Yeah. He, I didn't write down the, I didn't take the entire review, but there's a bunch of like little pieces here that, of course, you know, we're Ebert heads, so we appreciate his, his thoughts on things. He Always. said, if this is not a family film, what is it? Well, the audiences for Jackass may enjoy a scene where Davey, the hero, slams a sweet little old man into a porta potty and shoves it down a hill. Now, we did just watch Jackass Forever the other day. I had laughed myself sick. It's great. It's so funny. When the geezer emerges at the bottom, he's still alive but covered from head to toe with excrement. He's so funny. Roger Ebert is so funny. <laughs> then Davy sprays him with a garden hose, and he freezes solid. Ho, ho. <laughs> he, he goes on a little bit later to say, if there was ever a movie where the upbeat ending feels like a cop-out, this is the one. I just like... It's so shoehorned in. Who, whoever said that critics aren't artists show them that review i know he's the best he's the best i can understand why sandler might want to venture into south park territory with a which was new at the time yeah with a raunchy animated cartoon but not why he links it to christmas and hanukkah the advertising will inevitably use holiday images and in the minds of most people those images will not suggest a film is angry and vulgar yeah there is also an odd disconnect between sandler's pride in his jewishness which is admirable and his willingness to display the obnoxious behavior of this particular Jewish character to an audience that may not get the point. Mm. That point is, I think, that Davy has lost his way through alcoholism and antisocial neurosis and is finally redeemed by the elfish saints Whitey and Eleanor, plus the beneficial side effects of working with the basketball team. All well and good, but the movie lingers on the scatological stuff and adds the happy ending as if paying its dues. Did it occur to Sandler that he could touch his bases and make his points in a film that was not quite so offensive, that was, in fact, sweet and cheerful and family-friendly? Considering that his popularity and this movie's holiday packaging will attract large numbers of teenage middle Americans not necessarily familiar with Jews, does he think that this is a good way to get them started? Which is a good point. He, he, he went on to say that, I have argued that the requirement that ethnic groups must present positive images of themselves in the movies is not... He doesn't really believe in that necessarily. Mm -hmm. He said, I've defended Justin Lin's Better Luck Tomorrow with its criminal Chinese-American teenagers and Chris Ayer's Skins with its portrait of alcoholics and vigilantes on an Indian reservation and Tim Story's Barbershop with its free-for-all African-American dialogue. But those films are positioned to reach audiences that will understand them, decode them as their directors hoped they would. Won't Adam Sandler's A Crazy Nights attract an audience for reasons that have nothing to do with the material? What are people who want to see an Adam Sandler movie going to take home from this one? His most recent film, Punch Drunk Love, was not well received by Sandler fans. I heard from readers appalled by the way his audience responded to the film because people loved it. Uh, how can someone in the dark of a movie theater tell his audience from themselves easily? The giveaway is inappropriate laughter, especially during serious moments. So this is sort of the opposite of that, mm. where like the the people that he wants to be laughing at this movie are may be coming into this movie trying to gain a lesson from it mm -hmm. and instead they're getting the reverse of that right. and then finally he says sandler has painted himself into a corner his comedies have included generous amounts of antisocial hostility sudden violence dodgy material about urination defecation and flatulence and a general air of defiance a lot of people like that but they are not the type of people likely to understand the hanukkah message in eight crazy nights and those who appreciate the message are likely to be horrified by a lot of the other material in the film 
What Sandler has made here is a movie for neither audience. It's an interesting perspective for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And that was like half of his review. He he went yeah. in on on a crazy nights. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 he's totally right that this movie is for nobody. Yeah. Like it's it totally misses both marks. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's a crazy nights, baby. It's a crazy nights. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want to say? What do you want? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Well, we talked a little bit about the food. The only, the only food thing I remembered was that, uh, Eleanor is eating a corn dog at the ice rink. Yeah. And I read that the ice rink stand was not selling corn dogs. <laughs> that's <laughs> So she like brought her own from somewhere. That's all I've got for food. That's funny. Uh, and then you mentioned earlier, uh, the spaghetti meatballs and French fries thing at the mall. Yeah. Where Adam Sandler spell, uh, like spills them out and says, bite me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the fries. Yeah. 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 They land in... Yeah, in that configuration. That's part of the Sandler Universe magical realism. Pretty <laughs> pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, and so is the, the, the deer following around Whitey. That's another example of the Sandler magical, magical realism. Magical realism, Sandler filmography, yeah. Of yeah. Uh, all right, so <laughs> here's the question we've all been waiting for. Yeah. Does Eight Crazy Nights make Baby's First Watch List? Yeah! <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> of course it does. Oh... Uh. <laughs> With the caveat of like, okay, listen, we're going to have to talk about some of these yes. uh, problems yes. in the movie. It's not like we're going to be like, oh, this is a great movie. You have to watch Eight Crazy Nights. It's because for me, I think I said this when we talked about this beforehand. Uh, this movie. So this is one of my takeaways. Quality movies and media, music, whatever, TV shows are relative. So, yeah. So... One of my takeaways is that quality movies and, you know, music, TV shows, experiences are relative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For something to be good, something else has to be bad to make that comparison. Without Eight Crazy Nights, there can be no Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. This is what poor filmmaking is. And I think that one of the things that we can impart to our child is that if you ever considered writing a screenplay or even just being empathetic to people in general, look at this movie and learn what not to do. Mm. There is such a lack of empathy in this movie. It is insane. I kind of have a different takeaway. Okay, I have three takeaways, so. Oh, okay, go with your other two. Well, my one was, like, please push for more Hanukkah movies. Yeah. Uh, and also, everything Davey does, do the opposite. <laughs> also, everything Rob Schneider does in real life, do the opposite. Facts. <laughs> my takeaway is this. I think that... There is something to be said. Oh, also the animation is beautiful. That's another takeaway. That's beautiful. I do think, though, that it is important to show to our son and any other future children that, you know, just because a movie isn't your favorite or for you or whatever doesn't mean that it's not special to someone. I am sure that over the past 20 years there have been many young jewish men or not even necessarily jewish not even but like that found themselves represented in some way shape or form here and they love that that is in there is like gross comedy yeah that also celebrates in some way their their heritage and their religion i kind of like that like someone somewhere someone somewhere reach out to us really identifies with this movie and I think that's super cool. Yeah, okay. 
That's a fair takeaway. Right? I like that. You're getting better at this after not having any for the last like five episodes. <laughs> My other ones, uh. <laughs> but in Crazy Nights, I am like, this piece of art is so special. <laughs> but really, it is like, I just can think about like, um, you know, a kid that is, is maybe, uh, you know, different from others maybe yeah. not because he's jewish but just in uh, you know yeah well i mean anyway and and they find that this movie they can identify with one of the characters with whitey and i mean especially in a time now where there's like a lot of anti-semitism and a lot of uh sort of exclusion of jew not that there always hasn't been because there always sort of has mm-hmm. been but uh yeah i can see that i can see that perspective on it too it's great that you know one of the <laughs> best known comedic uh, actors of our time uh, is is celebrating uh, his love of Hanukkah. But just remember, without Eight Crazy Nights, there can be no Citizen Kane. <laughs> I do wish that Eight Crazy Nights was a better written movie. Yeah, but um, I I do appreciate the the celebratory nature, and even if the movie itself isn't is a little dark. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so that's pretty much all I've got on Eight Crazy Nights. Gorge. So next week we are going to be covering. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, it's our second John Hughes movie, which he either wrote or directed or both, uh, in just a few weeks after uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Mm-hmm. And it, this one stars Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Juliette Lewis, Johnny Galecki, Randy Quaid, and many, many more. So many. Most importantly, we're going to have a co-star next week. <laughs> we have our second guest coming yeah. on, and it's going to be Aaron's dad. Grandpa Phil, aka Sir. Sir. He wants to go by Sir. <laughs> yeah, he so loves Christmas Vacation. It's like his favorite movie. Sir will be Besides here. Besides Daddy's Home Too. And Elf and Christmas Story. Those are the <laughs> th- those are the four horsemen of Christmas. That's right. Yeah, so uh that's what's gonna be happening next week. It's gonna be so fun. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is on HBO Max. So go watch it if you haven't, or refresh your memory or whatever. Um and yeah, you know, follow us everywhere at Baby's First Watchlist. Leave comments, good comments. Leave five, five star reviews. Do the whole thing. Smash the subscribe button. And don't forget, buy those Christmas shoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever that means. All right. See you later. Hey.